Welcome to another episode of Hip Hop Social Worker. I'm your host, Christopher Scott, and today I got a special guest, my guy Paul. Good morning, everybody. Yes, my man Paul. I met him at Western Oregon when we was the only black people around. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like three of us. Right. Keeping it, if we keep it in 100, you know, right. I'll probably, let's probably more, a little more than that, but we was all at our house, my house. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, go ahead, Paul, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, born and raised in Portland, Oregon. Um, like I said, how I kind of got, got my start into this was um, working at Madishman Portland Community Center and uh, just basically trying to be a positive influence on on the youth that um, would be there every day. And then um, while doing that, while on a path to being positive, I found myself also, uh, because I was young and stupid, mm-hmm. getting getting myself into trouble. Got fired because um, I, I committed a theft. And a family friend who worked for juvenile justice ran a program called Save Our Youth or SOI. Yeah. And so I went through that program as an adjudicated youth first and I liked it. I liked connecting with the with the other youth there. I liked what I was learning and then I became a facilitator for the for the program. And that just kind of spiraled into um like I said me going to Western and and uh, majoring in criminal justice, um working for Vancouver Parks later. Um, I even worked in a behavioral rehabilitation services program mm-hmm. most recently, and then eventually, you know, to getting my master's in social or in social work. Yeah. Nice. How, how was it going to school online so far? Online for me as a person that the first off, I don't like school yeah. at all, <laughs> but I like learning. I like learning, but I don't like school. I don't like the structure of school. It just doesn't. It's just not conducive to me but online for where i am now in life married kids it was perfect worked out not having to be physically in class like somewhere was there was there any time you had to like take a trip down there for like a seminar or something or orientation no my first time so i got my so i got my my uh, master's at at usc Mm -hmm. and the the first and only time i've been down there was for graduation damn yeah so i knew i was going down there and um for that and usc is literally like a small city like it's it's, yeah it's crazy (laughs) yeah i I never been to a campus like that yeah it's well we went to westerns that was (laughs) so it's like it's like three streets but like but like i remember even walking around oregon state and thinking okay this is you know, it's pretty big, but USC, I mean, I felt like there was like 20 graduations the whole day. I yeah. went to two. I went to the Masters of Masters Social Work uh, yeah. graduation, and then I went to the big one, and then they still had like a whole bunch of other graduations yeah. happening <clears throat> literally all day. Yeah, that's how it is. At, uh, well, I mean, that's how it is at every school besides Western. <laughs> right, right. But it was, but I just felt like for them, I, I felt like I just kept walking into them. Like I just, yeah. they, they were everywhere. And then the, I didn't realize, because I'm not super into college football, the rivalry for USC and, U- and UCLA is is not a game. These, these this, this older family, somebody walked on campus with some UCLA sweatshirts old, on. It's always an older family. And they was like, man, get out of here. You're not supposed <laughs> to be on our campus. And I, I turned around and I was like, Wow. Okay. So they really not any fucking around. No, they was really banging on them. <laughs> and this lady was old as shit. That she was with her granddaughter just graduated from USC. Yeah. Yeah. So she went hard. I was like, wow. She started going off on them. 
If they, if they didn't grab her, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no exaggeration. I literally stood there and was like, wow, these, she's banging on these niggas. Well, hey, I ain't mad at it. I yeah. mean, because, well, yeah, like, I, I mean, I, I, I know a Portland State. I went because I went to school online, too. And you only had to be on campus for the orientations. Mm. So, like, if you flew in, um, if you flew in, like, so, like, you were, for the first year, a couple people flew in, a couple people drove down from, like, Seattle and everything, or, like, from San Diego, but that's mm-hmm. the only time you had to be there was for that. So, like, and everything else was just strictly online, because I know I was going to go to University of North Dakota. Mm-hmm. I was going to apply there anyway, because mm-hmm. it, was, it was cheaper. It was way cheaper than, than PSU. Right. And they charged me in-state tuition um, if you go there, and but but you had to go there twice a year. You had to fly to the, you had to fight to the campus twice a year. Damn, it's really it's like you already got me on the loan. Yeah. Now you want to <laughs> touch my personal pockets? You know pockets. what I'm saying? So like, so but I I, I, I think I fucked up the money or, or I fucked up something not, not the money but I fucked up something there and I couldn't and, I, and my app just fell through so I didn't even apply there. But I got a PSU so it was all good. So I so like I remember you said the BRS not why the BRS but you worked in the behavioral. Um, yeah, it's BRS. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. Was it BRS? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, did you do anything like that at Western? No, no. And it's and see the thing is is you know when you working with when you working with with youth, you know what I'm saying? And um, and I hate I don't want to I'm not gonna say trouble youth, but when you are working with youth that have um different traumas and different things that have happened in their life yeah. right so you know you're going to get a certain level of um dysfunction you mm-hmm. know at all times but working in a BRS facility it's 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 a whole different animal because now you're t- you're talking about kids in care yeah you know what i mean so kids that have been removed from their families um they're part of the you know DHS system right mm-hmm. now so it's 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 a whole different level compared to dealing with a kid who has dysfunction in their life but they still go home yeah you know what i'm saying because there's always a there's a comfort even in that control even though the house might suck mm-hmm. even though oh, my mom sucks or my dad sucks but it's still my house like yeah. i'm still in my house and there's a level of comfort there but when you're dealing with kids that have been removed from their families and now they're in somebody else's house and then you got somebody else's rules and you can't even talk to your parents until it's got to be you know Mm -hmm. clear with the social worker and this and that it's i mean so they their moods and how they're dealing with stuff is way different yeah you know so yeah it was a whole different animal so you didn't want to stay there it's not that i didn't want to stay there because I want to continue to work with those yeah. kids, but with the program I was at, my level of growth was was limited, mm-hmm. and I and for what I was doing, and for what she was willing to pay, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> and, you know I got a family, so at the end of the day, you know I still got to eat, yeah, and then. You gotta eat more now. You gotta match the good. Right. You know what I'm saying? And with these loans. Yeah. Uh, like Hope said, I can't help the poor if I'm one of them. Yeah. So <laughs> But no, in all seriousness, I mean you can, but yeah. at the level that she was trying to pay me, she wasn't she wasn't trying to she wasn't trying to let me grow. And I and I wanted to grow. I had so many I had different ideas, so many different things yeah. I wanted to do. But the funny thing is since I've left we're better now. Actually, we're me and her are actually more cool now. Yeah, and there's some different things we we'll probably partner up on. Mm, that's what's so, up. Yeah, 
Well, I know. Um, I tell. I say everyone in social work should work in a residential work in a residential facility for their for a job. No matter if it's your first job, second job, third job. Before you before you move on in this field, I feel like that because because that's working in a res place like that is that teach you everything you need to know. You mm-hmm. know, it'll teach you boundaries. Mm-hmm. It'll teach you um, how to like hold somebody accountable, but mm-hmm. then like how to be safe and also like follow it up with like uh, you know like a trauma informed kind of deal. Like mm-hmm. like I, I I get that you're tripping because X Y Z, but mm-hmm. you still got to do this. But then you come back with it. But if you do that, then you know you can get you know your level or whatever the whatever kind of shit was going on. Because right. you know, like most places have level systems and yeah. incentives and things like that. So, so yeah, I feel like it just teaches you good good, good boundaries, gives you a good foundation. You know, I I one thousand percent agree with you because um, you actually see where the issues coming from. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times now being in the school system, yeah, um, I feel like the teachers and well, I already felt like that, but I feel like the teachers and administrators, um, they're so focused on the school piece that mm-hmm. they, even though they say, you know, oh, I know things are going on at home, they don't get it though. Like yeah. they don't understand. Like okay, we need to talk about their life. Mm-hmm. Like we need to talk about. Not, like we don't have to get in their business, but we need to help them figure out how they're going to figure that piece out. Because in all honesty, they don't give a damn about no assignment. Yeah. When I got other shit going on. Right. <laughs> if my like if my home life is this troubling, you, yeah. you want me to do math? What are we talking about? Yeah. So I agree with you on that. Working in in a BRS facility or something like, or any type of facility. Yeah. Or where you get to see the behind the curtain. I think mm-hmm. that's you get to see twenty four seven. Yeah. Get to see them. You get to see the happy, the sad. Yep. The, the trigger, yep. you know the um, what they call that the the rapport, but yep. the, you know the I forgot what they called it. They called it something because there was I remember, remember I was from OIA. We had like this thing. They had like this. We had this like chart that kind of mm-hmm. put you like, okay, you you have like the you have like the you have the trigger, then you have the like the response, the response, mm-hmm. but then you have like you, you know the fight, you don't think to take down, but what they call the other one, like the other side, you know, to where like. After the takedown, you come and say, "Hey, my bad for doing what I got to do." Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's always I forgot. I know, I, I know where you're I going. That was I know where you're going because that's always awkward. I had to take down a couple kids, and that's always awkward. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's it's always awkward afterwards because you know for them, it's a lot of they say a lot of things that they don't mean. Yeah, and then they do a lot of things, and then then you have to. Do the restraint or whatever, mm-hmm. and then that's awkward. Yeah, and then and then <laughs> then eventually there's the calm down, and then you have the conversation. It's yeah, like, you know, hey. the tension reduction. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, tension yeah. reduction. Yeah, okay, yeah. So the tension reduction is the. Or you can hey we cool you know yeah <laughs> I don't yeah. have to you know I don't have to yeah. hit me up a little bit but we cool yeah. all right you know, we good. <laughs> uh, so yeah uh, but I've never like worked in like a specifically like a mental health facility but mm-hmm. I worked inside juvenile jails mm-hmm. I mean I worked in a worked in a mental health unit but mm-hmm. at the same time it's still jail so right 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 it's right, like right. different yeah you know? jail I think and correct me if I'm wrong I think jail is like a different mentality when you because it's because it's still part of the criminal justice yeah it, i mean you do like the staff are a little more 
like copish, right? So you know, which do what is, I said right now. You know what I'm saying? So okay. like it's almost well, most of them, and it's not necessarily a terrible thing to have that kind of staff around. You know what I'm right. saying? But um, it's good to have a good balance. Yeah, know? if you have the if you have the staff that is rigorous, and you have the staff that is like a little less rigorous, right? It makes a pretty cool unit. You know what I'm saying? If right. you have too much rigor, then the unit might be tense. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have too much like loosey goosey, all the unit is terrible. Like, like, yeah. like you can walk on a unit and feel, see, like, oh man, they like I don't know who working, but this, this, <laughs> this is this is all bad. You know what I'm saying? So I think it was a, you got to have a good balance. You got to be able, and you got to be able to like understand that. You know, um, yeah, I, I I need you to do this for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But. But uh, at the same time, I get that you might have some like 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 I get you just had a visit and you sad or whatever. Right, you know what I'm saying? right, but at the right, same right. Time, I need you to, I need you to comply with these rules, right? Because this is the rules. This is this is the rules, you know. Yeah. See, and, and speaking from like somebody who worked in those facilities, like you know, it's a lot better to have control than to not have control. Yeah. So so like yeah. So like when people like talk like so bad about like. About it, you know, what I'm saying like I can feel it because I mean, being like a person who's like all about trauma informed stuff, right? But then at the same time, it's like I've also seen where units are terrible mm-hmm. and there's no staff there to really slow it down, and it's mm-hmm. just you know, so well, yeah, because this this past summer was um was was off the chain. We had some 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 new kids um, that came into the program, and like you said, when you when the staff isn't on the same page. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of incidences that could have been avoided yeah. if everybody was on the same page. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we had a staff. She got assaulted. Yeah, um, she got her her car uh, damaged. The car. Yeah, he yeah he attacked her car and everything. I mean, but see, at the same time though, to be fair, how did you get out? Well, he because it's a house. Oh, so oh, yeah. So so you, and we sometimes you know they would transport, but the she could have. See, that's what I'm saying. Like kind of like you said, when you're too loose, mm-hmm. she could have alleviated the situation and made it a lot better, but. Her her being so loose, in turn, helped escalate it. Yeah. To to where it was, to where because he, he just he just kept pushing the line, so mm-hmm. she wouldn't stop it, and he would just go a little further and a little further and a little further, and then yeah, you know, finally it was like you need to do this. He was like, Nah, fuck you, I'm not yeah. doing it. <laughs> and then and and now now you at a point where you gonna you know you gonna have to do something because he's. Now he's ready to get physically aggressive, yeah. and and she's and so she just kept waiting, and, and so, you know, I feel bad that it happened, mm-hmm. but it, it, she could have alleviated it. It yeah. could have been a lot different. I feel that, and I know, like, if if I had to pick between like a punitive staff to work with and like a Lucy, I would I would like I pick a punitive staff all day. Yeah, just because I know, like I'm gonna be the person that's gonna be a little more, you know, loosey goosey, but still have those lines, you know. So it's yeah. like we can't both be that way, you yeah. know. What I'm saying, and you might be worse than me because I, because I know how to turn it up if I need to, you know. What I'm saying, yeah. and I can't really, I don't really know if you got it in you like that. So I'm definitely yeah. choosing like a punitive staff to work with because I can, I you know, because I can, I can, like, they, they they can do their thing and I can do my thing. We'll be like a good balance. Yeah, I'm a little bit more. I'd, I'd say I'm in the middle, depending on the relationship. But I, I probably say I'm a little bit more um, boundary driven. Mm-hmm. Like this is what it is. So I, that's just the, that's just the world. Yeah, that's do just, this, and then if not, then you know, we have a problem. I feel like I really like 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 when I worked in those facilities, I really wasn't like 
so focused on them succeeding in there mm-hmm. rather than like you getting the idea of what's gonna be like when you get out. Man. You know, like and like I need you to understand when you leave here, you know, you don't have no primary to, you know, talk to. You know what I'm saying? And you, that's and see it's and it's funny you said that, but that's that's part of the thing that had me frustrated is because I I didn't feel we did enough of that. Mm-hmm. It was all about the well, you know, let's just kinda tiptoe around. It's like, no, you gotta understand, like, for these kids, especially that's in DHS, you know, you you done by like eighteen. I mean, they can extend yeah. it to like twenty one, but for the most part, you know, the gloves come off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's not gonna be a casa and a mentor, and yeah. you know, they're not gonna find all these extra people to talk to this person mm-hmm. once they hit eighteen. So let's start talking to them. And they're like, oh, well, he's only thirteen. I, I get it, but five years is quick as hell. Like, yeah. the, he'll he'll blink <laughs> and be eighteen, and, be, yeah. and it's over. Then you know done. what I'm saying? And and you know, I, we had one kid literally where they just was letting him rack up BS charges. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then finally, he did one more thing, and boom, dropped the hammer on him. Yeah, you know, and he was only sixteen. He yeah. didn't go to jail or nothing major, but then they put him in a lockdown, lockdown facility, yeah. and he gonna have to be there for like three years. That's jail. And right, <laughs> right, basically. <laughs> and but it's like, had had somebody done more talking to him or at least trying and there's no guarantee that he would have accepted it but mm-hmm. at least at least make the attempt to have the real world conversation yeah and that was part of the that was another thing that was kind of frustrating for me because mm-hmm. i just felt like i was like what are we doing for these kids like i, I feel like i'm wasting my time yeah. you got me just spinning in circles yeah. we're not talking about no real shit yeah <laughs> like let's <laughs> yeah let's just get there yes you know? let's do it because yeah. that's that's what they need you know because you ain't gonna be there forever no you know and i know um Shit, I lost my thought. Uh, shit, what was I about to say? Fuck it. Uh, it came back to me. But yeah, just working in those facilities, I know that. Oh, there I was talking about the flaw in 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 organs like system mm-hmm. and like how OI does it. The flaw is in their probation programs. Um, either you you go to the program and succeed, or you go to jail. Yeah, and I feel like that's a hard. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like yeah. that's kind of like because like some of these kids like like some of these kids shouldn't go to like Hillcrest or McLaren or Hillcrest, school, but no. they shouldn't go. No, you know? they not built for that. But yeah, you know, like even, even, even like even though like and even though like that's an option and that, but in like yeah, you know they are. I guess they committed a crime, so yeah, you got to go do your time. But it's right. like if you have these programs and, and, and like I don't see like a like a like a wide variety of programs. You know what I'm saying for like no. so. So like if you if you're not fitting in this program, and then you're not fitting in that program, your only solution is you go to lockup, which right? Because like, and lockup has like you know you intermix with like kids who are like you know DOC you know who mm-hmm. murderers and mm-hmm. and like real life you know real, <laughs> real people that's really about it. So so if you so if you so if you take like this kid who just like has a little petty theft or whatever, mm-hmm. and you put him with some people who really got their criminal mind. You know, mm-hmm. I saw that a lot. You, you, you know, I worked on the mental health uh, unit. Some kids were there so long that they became criminalized. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like, it's, and so we got yeah. to get, get out of here. Yeah, like, you gotta, and that's and that's the whole point. Like you said, like what are we talking about? Like you, you gotta, you have to find, you have to make the attempt to try and reach them. Like it can't just be, you know, just like I said, that pity pat bullshit. You, you have to do something because. There is the kids that's really about that life, mm-hmm. and that's the path that they're in. And even those kids can somewhat be reached, maybe with the right 
you know, conversation. But you you start letting these other kids that just want to rebel because I'm dealing with this or I'm dealing with that. Okay, yeah. I get it. You, this and this happened. Let's talk about that, and then let's talk about how we can help help you move past it. Mm-hmm. Like they, I, sometimes I think they spend so much time just circling the drain around the around the trauma or whatever it was that they're not even talking about it. Really, they're just like, ah, you know, he's he's stressed out. His yeah. dad's not here. Okay, well let's we'll talk to him about how he feels about his dad not being here or whatever it is, and then yeah. let's help him actually work through that before you had this kid wake up and until you're here in jail and this could have been a whole different conversation. Definitely, you know. Um so I'm curious to know more about like USC's grad program, MSW program. Yeah. Was it let's see. You already said that mm, he didn't really go there for the for the knowledge. But in their attempt to give you the knowledge, mm-hmm. was it good? I think so, yeah. Or was I, it like a, you know, like it wasn't worth the while? Yeah. I mean, I, I, it was a very, it was a very well, well run program. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. Um, I had some, uh, I say for the most part, I had good professors. Um, I have one I'm still pretty, pretty cool with. Um, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I still hit her up sometimes for different advice or different, you know, um, direction on thoughts that I have yeah. but I would say yeah it was well run I think I think the thing that was the most interesting and even even though you kind of know but you have to actually experience it is so you in these these classrooms and then you realize how many people have no experience at all yeah. and so everything for them is based off the book like everything is like, yo, we gotta, we gotta do CBT today, or we gotta do this <laughs> meditation exercise, and I'm like, yeah. So clearly, you've never been with a kid that's wilding out because yeah. he's having a flashback or something mm-hmm. or whatever. That's that's probably not gonna work. Like yeah. you, you gonna have to, you know what I'm saying? So you don't know what that looks like. Yeah. And and the the funniest thing because um, we're doing it online. They uh, have a class where they kind of work with you on dealing with clients and as an actor. And so every week you, you were partnered up with somebody else in class and one of you would be talking to him about whatever's going on. And then the other one is like in the little chat in the little yeah. private chat, just feeding you questions. And so I used to just watch. And, and then obviously in the units, they'd have different things that they want you to talk about possibly. Yeah. But the biggest key, if you've done this work before is being present with your client be in the moment be yeah. where they're at meet them where they are right now mm-hmm. not what your plan is not what you think it should be but where they are so the interesting thing for me and just realizing the lack of experience for a lot of people was everybody's like okay yo we did a meditation this week in the assignments i want to do a meditation with him and he would kill him then we get into the class they start asking questions like yo we want to do this 15 minute uh, meditation thing he'd be like i don't want to talk to you about that i'm not doing it and then they and then they'd be stuck because yeah. that was like their whole like oh, their whole thing. Yeah. So they're like, uh, "You don't?" He's like, "Nah, I don't want. To, I want to talk about the motorcycle I bought." And so he had he had a story, but it was fluid, so he could mm-hmm. he could change it. And the and the cold part is the teacher tried to tell everybody, like, understand he has a script, but it's fluid. So yeah. You know, and but people still would try to be like, well, I think the meditation is like, yeah, okay, so like, you're going to suck when yeah. you get out. <laughs> you're trying to force a client yeah, into something yeah, yeah. that's not going to work. That's, that's. But I, I feel like, I feel like it was, again, I feel like it was a great program. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, definitely fun. But I'd already kind of been doing the work. 
So it's I didn't I don't feel like I was I feel like what the program did give for me is um, the language, more of the language, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and uh, where to find certain things that I'll need for my toolbox, basically, you know, later in life, you know, but as far as how to deal with clients or how to handle it, Mm no, we'd already been doing that. Yeah, that's real. I was uh, talking to, to Mike. Uh, and he was saying, you know, he was gra- he was applying for grad school, and he was mm-hmm. kind of stressed. You know, saying I was like, bro, you already speak the language. And you know, right. what I'm saying like, cause talk to him, like, bro, you already, <laughs> yeah, you already speak it. Yeah, you know, they gonna love that shit when you when you walk into that school talking that shit. They gonna yeah. love it. And he was like, they like, oh, we got, yeah, we got one. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he, he is funny. He he uses more than me, and I just did the time with yeah. it. He, he he uses all the language. So shit, he's yeah, he knows on par. It. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so um, I know we had some things to talk about. Uh, so. So let's start with the uh, the polarization of America. Why are we so divided? Mm-hmm. I know it's not really a social work problem, but in a way it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But why do you think, you know what I'm saying, like this world is so, it's, we, like we just can't, I mean, I know there's more, I know there's more people to, that are agreeing than probably not, you know what right. I'm saying? But just from when I look at it, it seems like people who really hard on some things just stick to it, right and left, you know what I'm saying? Just, right. So like, why do you think that? I just, it, I think it's just all about systems. You know, it's just literally, uh, there's just a system created for here to keep people in a certain position. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I, and the after slavery, um, you know, they uh, our country needed to still be able to hold people into certain place. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so. Um, with the industrial revolution and everything, which obviously came later, so there's yeah, a gap, yeah. but still, yeah. you know, which is kind of the the boom where we also created our school system. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, one thing I always tell my kids is like, if you if you notice your school your school day is very similar to your work day, mm-hmm. you know, because before the school system, you know, people would would have apprenticeships or whatnot. I mean, that's how you would. You know, eventually have your own company. You'd be a small business owner, yeah. basically. So if somebody was a welder, and then you would, you know, learn under somebody else, or if you, you know, work with wood and had, you know, make yeah. chairs and stuff, you work under somebody else, then you'd have your own shop eventually. But you know, with the industrial revolution and all these machines, now you now you need people with specialized skills. Uh-huh. You know, so you create the school system, but the same people that create the school system also own banks. So yeah. and then they that helps create the higher ed education piece. And mm-hmm. then they're basically the ones that started the schools, you know, or started the higher education piece. So now you paying the so you're getting the loan from the people that help create the schools, so now you're paying them twice. Yeah. And they and you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to get a piece yeah. of, to get an education to do something and then you locked in this forty year plan of working, you know, and it and it to hold people back. But so so that's the social piece yeah. you know and then and then you have you know the racial piece and everything that has happened a lot of people don't like talking about it which which I can understand and respect but um it's just it's interesting to me like racism is so ingrained in America and mm-hmm. in the culture that literally to oppose it 
people automatically look at you as being un-American, basically, yeah. in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's the problem. It's actually in the culture. It's yeah. part of the DNA. It's part of it. So the bigger question that I find myself often saying is, so how do, because I'm not a scientist, so how do you extract that out of the DNA? Yeah. How do you remove it? Mm-hmm. Like it's a piece now. Like it's actually an integral piece of everything that happens. Yeah. Everything. So how do you take that out? And, you know, because it, it, it governs how everybody acts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, even even us, you know, mm-hmm. even though we're opposed to it, it still governs how we walk into a store or how we talk at work. Yeah. You know, how we talk to other people at work that's not black. And yeah. then, just, <laughs> you know, it's the whole thing. You know, so it's how we talk to the kids, you know. Yeah. Like, clearly, I talk to the kids different than teachers do, you uh-huh. know, especially when we talk about the black and brown kids. I talk to them different than how the teacher talks to them because I'm talking to them in a way that I feel like we relate. Yeah. And then they respond different. Uh-huh. So it's... <clears throat> I mean, it is deep. Um, I know um, just the racial part, it's like people don't want to, like, so why, so like for me, it's like I always like, well, why is it so bad to admit that uh, that there's racism that it's not as blatant as calling somebody a nigger right. or um, a wetback or something like that? Because we all know that that's bad. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like to admit the systematics is like to admit that the country that you love is flawed and god right. forbid that it's flawed right you know, it could be flawed on your accord but not on my accord right so, l- let me tell you something that happened last weekend <laughs> right right i'm at the Oregon duck game like oh, you Lord. know and um you know there's this uh there's this part where this they you know the the honor is veteran Who's like mm-hmm. who dropped out of college and went and fight the war, whatever, whatever, right? Right. So you know everybody stands up, giving round of applause, whatever, you know. So I stand up, giving round of applause. This white guy who's sitting next to me, or he's sitting like, you know, my wife, and my daughter went to the bathroom, so there's like an empty seat. Oh, right. Seat, you know what I'm saying? So okay. So this guy's able to talk to me. He turns around, looks at me, and says, "Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's so rude. And I and I just looked at him. I looked at him. I was just, I didn't even know what to say. I looked yeah. at him. I was like, "Thank you." Huh. Like so, as like like you're opposed to military. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like from so from what I got from that was, you know, he might understand that there's racist problems in America, right? But not on my accord. No, you know, like on his accord. You know, like right. he, like like he, he he probably knows that it's probably rude to call me a nigger. Right, you know, right, so, right, right. But but he doesn't want to address the systematic stuff that Colin Kaepernick's talking about. No, he wants to think that oh, he hates the military. Like, why would anybody think that? First of all, you know, what I'm saying the argument that he did this for his career, it didn't help his career. Hurt, d- destroyed, it. <laughs> you know what completely saying? gone. So it's like, so for you to say like, oh, well, he was crying and he wanted attention because he was hitting the bench. No, it didn't. Like, cause he he probably still be playing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Guaranteed he's still be playing. So like right. that. So like that wasn't going to help his career. If he, anybody who thinks that doesn't really understand like the mind of like a black person. No. You know what I'm saying? But but like you said, when it, it's the systems. Like I had this argument with somebody, um, 
So th- wait, this is this is this year three that Kaepernick's been doing this now? Or yes. Okay, so okay, so last year. Mm-hmm. So because last year was the first year he was out of the league. Yeah. Okay, so last year I was having this conversation with somebody, and I said, to be honest with you, I said as as I said as black people, we have to also help change what we're willing to accept in regards to the NFL allowing us to keep putting people back in the league that have committed crimes. Yeah. And then like we're standing for cap, which I respect that. I respect yeah. everybody's support of cap, but nobody was like, yo, Ray Lewis should not be playing. Yeah. Or nobody was like LT should stop playing yeah. or Michael Irvin. Cause it was cool. Yeah. Like they had holes and Coke and everything was cool. Mm-hmm. And the league let that be okay. Like if because the if, owners are doing that, too. right? If niggas is being niggas, <laughs> yeah. then they can be in the league. But yeah. if you stand for something, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And we we can't let that be acceptable either. Yeah. Like because because then we're supporting the system. And my dude was like, Nah, that's not that's not the same. You know, because Ray Lewis wasn't convicted. I, I agree with you. He wasn't. I I I'm not sure if I believe he did or didn't do it. Yeah, that's up to God. <laughs> but but I'll but I'll put it this way. Still, Ray got to play. Had a nice, wonderful career. Two mm-hmm. Super Bowls, and he probably is a he probably is a nice dude. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, the league made it okay mm-hmm. for Ray Lewis. Or for LT, or the I mean, let's be honest. The only reason why Ray Rice is not playing is because the video came out. Yeah, he'd he'd be in the league right now. Yeah, barring injury, yeah. if the video never came out, mm-hmm. they yeah. had to let him go once the video came out. Yeah, like we you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we just can't at this yeah. point. He really knocked her out, so yeah. we have to not let him stay. Mm-hmm. But they would. I mean, you saw how Roger Goodell was handling it. He was, yeah. was going to miss, like, what, initially four games? Yeah. And then when I think, like, the rumblings of the video, then it was, like, eight games. And then the video came out, okay. and it was like, okay, we're done. Yeah. And then it was like, you know what I'm saying? So uh-huh. at that point, you had to. But that's what I'm – like, the system, it's it, it's okay if you do – if you do nigga shit, yeah. then we'll keep you. Yeah. But if you do something that, like I said, opposes – What's ingrained in the DNA? Then it's like, yo, that mm. I don't, yeah, I don't understand that. And why can't like people like just admit that like it's like 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 there are systematical things? Not even like it doesn't end with racism. Right. It is with class. Yeah. It is with. It's, I mean, it doesn't. It's 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 race. It's class. It's gender. It's intellect. Mm. You know, it's it's all that. You feel me? So it's like, but but why can't we just like break it down and? Because then you'd have, because then you'd have to acknowledge that you're part of the problem. Mm. Why, like, why would you want to do that? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, because um, I don't obviously, I don't think every white person's not right. I don't think every white person is like uh, crosses on your lawn, yeah. you know, <laughs> racist, right? Yeah. But um, you know, because of the way the system's set up, you you're going to be afforded, you know, and awarded. Um, liberties that everyone else doesn't get. Yeah, and so even you know by omitting it, you're still omitting the truth. Yeah, and so to acknowledge that what Kaepernick is kneeling for has nothing to do with the military. Mm-hmm. To acknowledge that you don't even know flag code. To acknowledge that the NFL before what was it oh nine you wasn't even on the field. You didn't even know what 
these dudes thought about the flag. Mm-hmm. Like, except the Super Bowl. So yeah. you didn't even know. <laughs> you didn't even know. Yeah. They could have all been, during that time, listening to music. Yeah. During that time. Yeah. And you wouldn't have known. You know what I'm saying? At all. Yeah. Nobody knew Marshawn Lynch was sitting down. And he said, no, he said that's how it was. He's been, he been sitting down. He's still sitting down. That's nobody. nobody even knows. But Kaepernick, but as soon as Kaepernick put, this is why, yeah. then all of a sudden, oh, well, and again, now you're opposing my guilt. Because mm-hmm. to acknowledge it is guilt. Like, you, you, if they acknowledge it, if they really are real mm-hmm. and acknowledge, okay, this is why he's doing it. Because yeah. shit's fucked up. Like, yeah. Black people are literally dying in the streets. You know, school systems aren't the same. Mm-hmm. We have all these systems in place to oppress them. If you really acknowledged it, then you'd have to do something about it. Yeah. But if I ignore it and, you know, pretend to be ignorant, then I don't have to do anything. But, uh, so, so like we, well, Kaepernick was on the Nike ad, right? Which hilarious. <laughs> the reactions are so. Hey, you know, like you get the super woke, you know, like oh Nike's just playing y'all, whatever. Then right. you get like the super like oh yeah, Nike's great for doing that. I'm kind of in the middle. Uh, yeah, not gonna lie, because like you know, I know. I mean, you like look at let's just look at some of this stuff like, in the same week, mm-hmm. Nike, you know, released. The Kaepernick ad got everybody mm-hmm. in their feels. Mm-hmm. The former president, or he, he still could be the president, like you feel Knight, mm-hmm. donates four hundred thousand to Newt Bueller. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I see that. but but like but, but that's just how he gets down. Like the Phil Knight's always been that kind of free market. Mm-hmm. Any corporation that's free market, you know what I'm saying. The reason, like this is why I think the reason why they could take that hit. Mm-hmm. Because you know, like, because it took a hit. You know, like you know, first yeah. came out, it took a hit, a little bit of a hit. But you know, the reason why you have that much security and mm-hmm. assets and capital mm-hmm. is because how much you mark up your shit that's being made overseas. Well, and, and on top of that, like, so everybody forgets. Okay, they took a chance on Jordan. Mm-hmm. He got fined for wearing Jordans. Yeah. Okay. Like, what if what if he sucked? Then it would have been a bad idea. But he didn't. Yeah. So <laughs> it worked out really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then, so so on the business sense, you have you have that side. Then everybody forgets. Okay. Nobody liked Muhammad Ali when he was doing that shit. Yeah. Like nobody was fucking with him mm-hmm. at the time. Now they liked him later once he had Parkinson's. He was old. Yeah. But. During the time when he was young, knocking niggas out and tell you about it, Ali, mm-hmm. nobody liked that. Nobody liked Jim Brown when he was young doing that. Nobody liked Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when he was yeah. doing that. So Nike knows, okay, you don't like Kaepernick now mm-hmm. because Kaepernick is young. He's a physical specimen. He looks like a threat yeah. to people, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, everything. He 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 strikes a chord. Mm-hmm. But... I don't even think Kaepernick's 30 yet. He might be almost 30, or he might He's be 30. 29, I believe. Okay, so let's fast forward that. He's 50. People going to have a way different view of Kaepernick by yeah. then. You yeah. see so, so Nike's like, I'm going to get on the right side market-wise. Yeah. Because if we already create the campaign, we can easily revisit it, and that's still money we can just tap. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like you said, I've yet to see a video. Now, I could be wrong. I've yet to see a video where any... You know, real Nikes is being burned. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like people was burning up all the shoes that nobody, you know what I'm saying? Like the shoes that you can pretty much find everywhere. Yeah. That ain't shit. Nobody's burning up no Kyrie's. Now again, I'm not trying to make a blanket statement. I'm just keeping it real. Yeah. I've yet to see a video with some LeBron's on fire or some Kyrie's or some KD's or mm. or Kobe's, Jordan's, some off white. None of that. There's mm. always these random ass shoes that no one's seen before that mm. People cut grass in, or and that could be like a ploy to get you to go viral, right? Again, like, so because yeah. I, I don't even know if you really believe in that, you yeah. know, and you just want to go viral, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, what I mean, you just want somebody to notice you, and but I just think it's hilarious. Like, why you gonna burn up something that you already own? Like, there's no, there's no point. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the, like, that's not gonna do nothing to Nike or anything. Yeah. That's true. You know, but I mean, yeah. So like, I'm not, I'm not. Like I, I like I'm I'm not gonna boycott anything because that's just not my thing, you know what I'm saying? But uh no. I do know that like you know, I do feel bad when I think about like these sweats that I'm wearing and some somebody <laughs> made them and they sell them they got paid probably like a dollar to make them and, that, see, that's, and they sell them for you know, Right. So like so I feel like, you know, it's it's balanced. <laughs> see, and that's the you know and that's the balanced. cold part, like you said. That's the cold part. Nobody was burning Nikes or or boycotting Nike when Mm-hmm. All the reports was coming out that like little kids is making the shoes. They're like, yeah. nobody cared. Like, yeah. But well, whatever. Kaepernick's on the cover. Oh, it's I, I gotta, I gotta take these off. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then there, so there we go. Right, it's ingrained in the DNA. Mm-hmm. So shit. Um, did you guys study community trauma? We did. We did. Um, we did a. We did a. Uh, um, matter of fact, fuck that. Did you know about community trauma? Like, like, do you understand the? You know what I'm saying? Um, I would say, I would say, um, growing up and just being black and understanding Mm. what affects, um, you and your community at large, you know, it goes back to what I said. I don't feel like they didn't necessarily teach me about things I didn't already know or wasn't already technically, um, doing or or having been exposed to but it helped give me the language you know what i'm saying so um yeah i mean we you experienced that growing up just uh of just as a the systemic oppression like you see it every day um but they did have us do a project where we kind of where you look in your you had to look at your um neighborhood and the different programs that are in place or not in place or and then like what different um, people are affected by, you know, just like the basic stuff in your community. That was an interesting project. Yeah. Um, but, and, and and I say that because living in Beaverton now, yeah, it was interesting to see, like, what if what afflicts Beaverton? You know, mm-hmm. like what's the issues that bother people there? Yeah, and you know? I, I wouldn't have known of it, like <laughs> them to even have any problems. Until I met somebody from there, and they were like, "Oh yeah, there's definitely a poor neighborhood in Beaverton." Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And I lived in it. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Because I, you know, yeah. On the outside looking in, it's like, "Oh, Beaverton yeah. is, Beaverton is cool." You know what I'm yeah. saying? But they're like, "No, nah, there's a part where they get a little, yeah, they get a little." Well, it's, it's pockets. Like it's like there's it's, and I hate to say it, like, but like bigger cities are a, a lot more segregated. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So yeah. they kind of. Uh, the division is a lot more clear. You know, mm-hmm. if you go to this part of town, this is what you're dealing with. And if you're on this part of town, this is what you're dealing with. Yeah. But 
just driving through Beaverton, like this, I mean, there's clear, obviously there's some areas where you just know, but there's a lot of pockets. Yeah. There's a lot of areas where you drive around and you're like, oh, this looks cool. And then you drive down, damn, what happened over here? And then mm-hmm. you drive a couple more blocks. So it, yeah, I was yeah. shocked for that too. <laughs> and then, like I said, when I did that project, I didn't even realize, I was like, wow, there's, there's a lot of break-ins around like car car break-ins i was like you know not like kind of on the outskirts of my neighborhood i was like okay so obviously i like my car anyway but you know just joking i'm like oh you know there's so many i'm kind of by nike nobody's breaking in cars then you actually look at the reports you're like wow actually people okay wow i'm tripping so and they probably know that like that's where you go to hit that you know that lick that I right yeah i'm gonna get that (laughs) breaking somebody's car steal the black badge or something you know what i'm saying but uh so i brought that up because on my last check-in my homeboy our former guest on the show uh nick he wanted me to expand on like um the mental health in our community black black community because he was like you said it but you i mean you know my check-ins aren't like to dive into shit it's just like kind of to give you the like idea of what yeah i think about you know so he was like you said it but you didn't really dig deep into it. And I wanna take the time with you to like kinda of dig deep into like like how is mental like like why is like why are things so different in our community? Like I brought up the the episode of uh Atlanta and why I I like the show Atlanta. Yeah, yeah because, no, I like the show, it's funny. Because it's it's talking about it's just talking about shit that nobody's want to address mm-hmm. in our community and like mm-hmm. on a you know and on a bigger scale. And like that that FUBU episode was like Going back to high school, you feel me? Because right. it was like, fuck, I'm, or not even high school, middle school, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I remember, like, I mean, first of all, I never even had FUBU in middle school, you know? <laughs> right, and, right. and I probably had a fake shirt, but I I, I knew better than I knew better than, you know, yeah. to, to, to come around with that shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, and then there was a part where he has his white friend, and the white friend doesn't even give a shit. He's like, well, like, why do you care? Nobody cares. Right. But the black yeah. friends was like, nah, fam, this is about to be. Yeah. So, like, so like, how? So like for you, like, let's unpack that. Like, so why is that kind of shit like important in our community? It's 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 the focus. Mm-hmm. It's like um, it's and it's funny that you brought up that episode because that that episode struck a chord with me too. Because so like I said, so I said I grew up in north northeast Portland. So I lived originally on Twenty Third and Skidmore. I was closer to Prescott. Okay. And then, but my neighborhood school was Alameda. Mm-hmm. So I went to Alameda from first through fifth grade. So my schools would have been Alameda, Beaumont, Grant. Yeah. Right. After Alameda, my parents was like, nah, you going to, my dad's from LA originally. And he liked private school. He liked the, he liked the, uh, um, the educational value for it. Mm-hmm. And plus I'd already been getting into fights and getting into trouble. So they sent me to Hall the Redeemer. Okay. So I went from Alameda Alameda, Alameda District, right? So I went to Alameda, <laughs> Alameda District. How was that? It, it's a trip. Well, the, the, that's the that's the so that's the thing. So I went there, and it's predominantly it's a lot of white kids, predominantly white. Mm-hmm. Black kids was there, but and so you didn't have. Now, granted, my parents never had us looking bummy, but I had Nikes, but I didn't have Jordans. My parents yeah. wasn't spending money. We outside playing. Yeah, my parents wasn't buying that shit. Yeah. you had regular Nikes, <laughs> like and not horrible Nikes, like they were dope, but you had regular yeah. Nikes. So I went there where that's cool. Nobody cares, mm-hmm. right? Nobody's checking for the outfit. Nobody, nobody's paying attention to that. I go to Holy Redeemer, which is Catholic school in North Portland. And it's black. And it's more black kids. Mm-hmm. Now I got people looking at me like, oh, you don't got Jordans? Like now, so now I'm aw- like, well, hold on. 
So now I'm different for a different reason mm-hmm. because my parents wasn't spending, <laughs> like I said, money like that. So it was, so it was a trip because it was like, well, damn, like nobody. Okay, I didn't obviously get the memo, you know, because yeah. even my black friends that I went to school with, like some of them had stuff, but we were so busy. I was actually getting into trouble as a young kid. So yeah. if you running around and doing stuff I was doing, you really wasn't trying to run around in Jordans. Like yeah. that just wasn't. That's not it. No. So I didn't have that awareness until mm-hmm. I went to Holy Redeemer. And then it's like, yo, you don't have the right shit. Now I'm like, yo, now I'm pressuring my mom. And like around sixth, seventh grade, now the first down jackets is popping. Mm-hmm. You know, so now I'm pressuring, <laughs> I'm pressuring my parents to give me a first down jacket when before never i never had a first time jacket i always had good functional warm yeah. coats now i need this fashionable the triple fat goose jacket because <laughs> everybody's got the jacket you remember that the triple fat goose yep yep <laughs> and so i finally got my grandma to buy me i made it i made a deal with her Ooh. and she bought me a first down jacket and it was reversible mm. so i got it right when they started doing the reversible ones but it's 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 a trip because I still see that now. Like it's still, it's still a thing. Like we, just as a community, um, just the merchandise and commerce. Just spend the money, but we ignore all these other problems. Like, yeah. what about? So, what about talking to the kid about how he feels about not having the Jordans, and what does that make him feel? Mm-hmm. You know, what does that look like for him? Yeah. You know, feeling ostracized because he doesn't have Jordans. And now everybody's making fun of him. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about that. Now, that could possibly turn into a criminal situation. Now he feels he's got to get Jordans or get something like that. Now he's got to take somebody's or sell drugs. I don't know. I'm not trying yeah. to place blame. Yeah. But I'm saying these can all be contributing factors. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we don't talk about we don't talk about those things. We don't we don't talk about a lot of everything's always a secret. Mm. You know what I mean? Just everything is secretive. Yeah. Um and not like other cultures aren't, because they ignore they shit too. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like for us, when you already have all those secrets, and then you add the social economic, mm-hmm. you know, distance, and then you add the systems and the oppressions, it's like a powder cake. Yeah. Like I feel like you're creating an even bigger situation because mm-hmm. you have all that on top of it. So a white kid who his family's got some secrets, but he's not dealing with the racism, the social economic shit that his black friend's dealing with and mm-hmm. all that other stuff and the systems and all that in place. So it's a whole different situation to unpack. Yeah. You know. Especially and I saw that especially with being in the behavioral rehabilitation facility, mm-hmm. you know, because we had kids of different races. And it felt like there was just more to it. There was just there was just another added layer yeah. to every single every single thing that that kid had that was bothering him. That was a black kid. Then you had to add race into it too. Mm-hmm. So you had to add, add race into it and the system that was oppressing him into it as mm-hmm. well of ignoring the problem. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know that's real. So it's like you talk to the white kid and his dad's not there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But the social worker treats his dad different. Yeah. Social worker treats, you know, dad was on drugs, but social worker treats his dad different, different view. You know what I mean? Because he's coming from a different place. And then the black kid, dad not on drugs, dad just, 
you know, was whooping him, basically. Yeah. Wasn't abusing him, was yeah. whooping him. Kid didn't want to mind, you know what I'm saying? And people feel how they want to feel about spankings, whatever. But, again, they were moving from his dad's care, mm-hmm. and they're treating the dad like a criminal. Mind you, they've, there's no charges of abuse. There's not even any abuse. There's nothing proven as to be abuse. Yeah. But just the viewpoint's different. So now you take this black child away from his father. He can't even see his dad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The kid I was working with, he can't even see his dad at all. Can't have no contact with him. Just because the allegation, even though they have no proof. Yeah. Whereas the white kid, he's seen his dad every weekend and his dad in the in the halfway house. Yeah. Still recovering. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just like, damn. So it was it was a it's a lot to try and unpack when you look at you know, the things that have been, you know, that we do ourselves and then the mm-hmm. system on top of it and how that contributes, it's, it's a lot of weight yeah. on the shoulders. So why do you think now is the time that, like, in our community, uh, mental health is, like, important? Because, you know, we've been having these problems for, for years. Right. But I, like I said, I feel like, you know, being black, you just kind of you suck it up. Yeah. You know? Suck it up, and you know, I mean, like you know, and it, it happens. In, like you said, in every every culture has their suck it up moments. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's in football when you don't get the touchdown, you don't win. Suck it up. Right. Sometimes it's you know when you know some real shit happened, you know, like you get evicted or something. You got to say, mm-hmm. all right, let's suck it up and go to the next house. You know, mm-hmm. so why? So like, why do you feel or like? Why do you think now is important? You know, for like the mental health movement to be. Like just broadcasted in our community, because I think we just we we've seen too many examples of um, of how it's just been damaging us for so long, and I think that um, now is the time to just stop ignoring it. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think one thing that's a plus um, that I so like when I went down to the graduation, I thought one of the coolest things was um, seeing so many black. Social workers mm. graduating. Yeah, I mean it was dope. I mean it, it was dope to me. I was like, wow, and not just men, but women too. So yeah. many black women social workers because this is a field predominantly dominated by white women. Mm-hmm. So to so to see that many graduating, I was like, okay, wow. So yeah. that's one thing. More people in the field helping to um, communicate with our youth because yeah. they have that connection. And then number two. Um, it's it's I think it's just I think it's just gotten so big that you just can't ignore it anymore. It's like like we want to, but like even with Kanye, mm-hmm. right? Like he's you know got the bipolar and stuff going on. You still have people that want to be like, oh, he's just rich. He just wants to be white, or he just yeah. or whatever, or he's with a Kardashian, so that's a problem. And I'm not saying that none of those things, <laughs> I'm not saying that those don't count. Yeah. But when a man tells me that he's been diagnosed with being bipolar, he doesn't take medication. And mm-hmm. and, and he kind of dictates for himself whether he will or won't, you know, do counseling or, you know, how he feels about that. Yeah. Um. So we're talking about somebody that's not taking care of the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. That's That's going to dictate a lot. I'm not saying that his comments... You know about slavery being a choice and all that. I'm not saying that he doesn't have some other things going on. Yeah, I'm not. But I'm also saying he has been diagnosed. Yeah, and it's a real thing. Yeah, and like it's affecting him. 
Mm-hmm. It is affecting him, you know, Clearly. and 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 we see the difference when somebody actually takes care of it and works hard at trying to make it right. You look at Brandon Marshall in the NFL. He had a, a personality disorder, I think mm-hmm. it was. And you look at how he was earlier in his career compared to after he went and got it, sought help, you know, and has worked hard at it. And he's a completely different dude, mm-hmm. you know. So it's so we need obviously more people in the field. You know, and then we need to also, you know, shine a light on those that have taken the time to actually go get the help mm-hmm. because it's not a horrible thing. You know, Cause there are still people that will like ostracize you for like even admitting yeah. that. Right. You know, because like you said, for black like and I think another big problem, like we've conditioned ourselves to just like you said, suck it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a problem. Suck it up. Like, oh, you already knew there was racism. Suck it up. Mm-hmm. Or you know that's a problem. Just deal with it. Like, we just we just tell ourselves that shit. Other people, white people don't believe they have to, like, take anything. Like, yeah. I'm not going to deal with that. I'm yeah. not gonna, like, if there's a problem, I'm not, I'm not taking yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but us, like, we'll literally be like, mm, yeah, you know. It could be worse. It could be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. I've dealt with worse. I'll yeah. deal with it. I'm moving. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. That makes sense. Um, I know um, it's just always, like, just, just the parallels of how, like, um, you know, of how some people are more just in just like connected with their mental health than others. And I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like right now the it's a big boom because there are books, there's mm-hmm. studies, there's things that people are not paying attention to, like, oh, okay, so this does have an everlasting effect, you know. Right. Like like you like like racism is a real thing that causes real trauma. Yeah. Just and just by even existing, you know, like a lot like even you know, like um, just like you know, like you know, like uh, like I said, like last weekend, you, you know, the guy he didn't call me nigger. He didn't right. say you can't sit by me. He right. He simply said thank you. Right. And in some essences, that might be like, oh, okay. But then like, but in that case, that was that was racist as fuck. You know, what I'm saying like like just unbelievable. You like, know, just, just because and and on really on his end because like you don't like because you don't know enough about black people to understand that you know something like what you're watching on Fox News you believe in everything you hear because you know right because you ain't broadening your horizons right you know so it's also easier to believe it yeah because it, it, it's easier to believe it because again they know it's not true mm-hmm. but it's easier to believe it because if if I if I just allow myself to believe it instead of addressing it then I then I have to make a choice. If I address it to do something about it, yeah, that's what that's a that's a huge reason why people will ignore shit mm-hmm. because I I rather just ignore it and like I know what's happening and I mean I like it and I'll address it when I actually feel like doing something about it. Yeah, but if I actually acknowledge that this shit's happening, then I have to either address it by doing something or I have to address it by saying I'm not going to do something. Yeah, and then and so then that's admitting their own internal whatever that is. Like either you really believe that shit and you have that superiority belief mm-hmm. race racially you know what i mean so who wants to act on that like yeah. nobody wants to stand on that shit yeah. you know what i mean that's for real that's it takes a lot of effort <laughs> like it, you know yeah it takes a lot of effort to really stand on that and be like yeah that's how i feel mm-hmm. what do you think about the whole idea of being like woke i, I don't know because there's i don't <laughs> It's weird because there's like everybody's definitions different, mm-hmm. so it's kind of it's kind of hard to know 
like what like what does woke mean exactly? Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I guess it depends on who's saying it. If you're mm-hmm. listening to you know, black Muslims and so they have their woke, you know, belief. And then you have, you know, like a Pan-Africanist or whatever. And mm-hmm. so they have theirs. And then you just got the regular dude who just got a YouTube channel. So everybody, <laughs> so everybody's definition yeah. is different. I, I would say to me, I would say just be aware more than anything. Okay. Cause I think it's, I think people get so caught up in, like you know, okay, I know what's happening, so I'm gonna speak on this and the third. But it's it's actually hard to like act on that. Like like we have to like you have to build the power to actually even be able to make change. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that shit didn't happen overnight. Like Martin Luther King or mm-hmm. or Malcolm X, that didn't just happen. Like they didn't wake up one day, I'm woke now, and then they had a movement. Like it was building, yeah. and a lot of people want to do the whole woke conversation and oh, I'm woke and this is how I feel or this is how it is. And it's like, well, what steps are you actually taking to make change though? Yeah. Like, what are you doing besides just saying I'm woke or besides, you know, giving all these um, examples of the problem, what are you doing to try to help the problem? For me, I feel like me going into this field and then putting myself in position to work with you know, our black and brown youth, I feel like that's me putting effort in to try and change the situation mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be hard i mean i'm obviously i'm at the bottom level of it like yeah. i i'm not in any legislation or anything like that mm-hmm. i'm not writing up any new rules or Very laws reactive. right but if i can at least try to help them learn how to react better or or help help give them guidance or in the different ways that i was helping maybe i can make some sort of impact that they can then start maybe within their own family when they have their own kids yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know where the reach will go to. I just know that's where I'm trying to start, you know, at least. Okay. You know. I feel you. Um, I've noticed, um, like, you know, there's people like Jason Whitlock. That, I, and oh, Candace, Lord. And Candace Owens or whatever, right? Lord. And, you, and when you hear them talk, like, there's a there's some, there's some wokeness there. But you know, but from what I see is that people get like there's like there's like a there's like a um I'm trying to say there's like a, a limit to where like you get so woke you become conservative. Like Oh be, yeah, because yeah, you're talking about like 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 talk about Jason Woodlock. Mm-hmm. I listened to his interview on Van Lathan's podcast and mm-hmm. he has a lot of ideas about how to help like his whole his whole moment his whole motive is to help black people. Mm-hmm. Right. But he's so woke and like he's so like traumatized by like you know, he calls them the left. You know, you know, Saint Tim Kenneth Owens is that they don't want to do with the left, mm. but because in America you got to pick somewhere, right? You got to be on the side. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and, and you believe the idea of that if I work hard, I'll get what I need to get to. I don't want to be held back by limits and you know because 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 they're on the right. You know, like they paint that picture like oh we're all one. Right, because they want to ignore the systematics of it. Right, like, right, no, right, we're all one. We're all humans. We're all we're all Americans. You work hard, you'll get there. Right, but this is some silly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. so it's like I think for like for them it's easy. So like for somebody it might be easier, you know, like for them to just ignore it. Yeah, he, and but yeah. he, I can't even. No, Willock is terrible. Yeah, I, yeah, I, <laughs> him, and, I, him and Candace, yeah. they're terrible people. I'm not, I'm not defending them. I'm not saying no, that, no. I know you're not. <laughs> I just, I don't even know at because he said so many outlandish things. Now I don't even. And then he picks and chooses like where yeah. he's gonna put his like voice. Yeah, I don't even, I don't even know. 
he's he sounds so like because I've got like little clips of him on that show with um oh uh, yeah what's his name the uh, dude from from who he he, he, he Col- what, not Collinsworth what's his name Col- I think so Col- Col- Coward or something yeah like Coward yeah yeah Col- yeah and he's he's so off sometimes that even Cowherd be looking at him like really yeah he's <laughs> like, like you gonna go there and then yeah. you know Chris Broussard be on there and I'm like wow he's really Chris Broussard is on the, he's on the cusp. He's, yeah, he's yeah, he, yeah. He's on the cusp. He like, is, but but Whitlock be, and then his like his his like pompous look, like when he disagrees, he just looks like oh whatever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like fam, you ain't got you don't have to be disrespectful, fam. <laughs> you, know like, you know what I'm saying? Like we could disagree right. with that little right. Oh wow, well, that's like that's very white of you, you know? What I'm right, saying? right, like, right. That look, you know? Right, right, right. But speaking of wokeness, so like, um, you have a white wife, yes, it's like me, yes. How do you feel when people try to like question your uh, like your um, your intentions, or has anybody ever questioned your intentions of like wor- like being so like kind of like pro? I won't say pro black, but like you know you speak about black shit. You work mm. with black kids, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And so I try to say like, oh well, you, you know what I'm saying? You didn't marry black, so all that shit is. I think. Um, well, I think. Well, okay, so for me. Since I've kind of always been, um, like I said, in this arena working with youth, um, I think it, I think it would be hard for somebody to, to try to attack me in that way because mm-hmm. that's all I've that's all I know that's all I've ever done. Yeah. Like if I started last year, I think <laughs> I think I think yeah. people would be like you know a lot easier. But yeah. I've I've been working with inner city youth since I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. I'm thirty three now, so like. You know, yeah. I mean, if you want to go there, that's that's on you. <laughs> but um, I think the funny so here's the th- here's the thing I think that's funny. It's always funny because I think sometimes they want to say it, but when I'm talking about it, but I think actions speak louder. So I think it 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 kind of makes it so the conversation doesn't happen. But I, I've, I've been around a couple of people where I know that they wanted to try and have the conversation with me, mm-hmm. but it's kind of hard to have the conversation when my actions are actually backed up by what I'm saying. Yeah. You feel me? So, you know, when they find out that my wife is white, then they kind of get that, 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 look. that, that look. And then, and then they catch themselves and then they want to have the conversation. But usually by the time they find that out, they've already seen what I do. So, mm-hmm. And see how I am, and so then it's it's like, but I know it's still lingering in their head. Like I know they, I know they want to have it, and I'm and I'm perfectly fine with having the conversation. I don't I don't have a problem having it. I, I really don't. But who I married doesn't dictate how I feel. Like I'm still black in the day. Like I didn't marry her and become white. Like yeah. you see what I'm saying? I didn't magically stop being black because I married her. Yeah. You know, and it's not like I went out of my way to seek out just white women. Yeah. I like women. Yeah. Respectfully. Because yeah. I'm married. But yeah. I like women. Mm-hmm. So that's just that's just where that direction went. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I think for some people, because you know, there are individuals who's like, oh I'm only gonna date white women or I'm only yeah. and so then so so I can res- so I can respect it. I think another thing too, and I think you have that kind of that lens also when you when you have this lens where you work with people and you help people and you've seen all the things that people go through I think you have a little bit more grace mm-hmm. so you understand that people come from 
you know, different backgrounds have different things that have happened to them that they've experienced. That doesn't mean you always agree with it. But I think yeah. it gives you a level of grace because mm-hmm. you you just realize, like, yo, there's a lot that to unpack with that person. Like, all their decisions, it's not black and white. Yeah. To be a social worker or a counselor, you realize there's a lot more gray than there is just this choice or that choice. Mm-hmm. Some stuff you draw a hard line. But yeah. there's a lot of stuff when you look at it, you're like, yo, this isn't just... This isn't just one way or the other way. There's a lot of things that went into that, mm-hmm. you know. But, yeah, I've had people that definitely, <laughs> all that to say, that want to have the conversation, don't but they, they don't. They Which, usually yeah. they usually don't. <laughs> it never happens. <laughs> it never happens. And, I, and I'm open to it. I am. I'm yeah. honestly open to it. If somebody want to ask me or want to have the conversation, I'm, it's not going to change my decision. And like, yeah. I'm not going to go home and divorce my wife now yeah. because you feel the type of way. <laughs> but I'd approve them for right, yeah. the cause. Right, right, that, right. You know? And, and I, I hate, like you said, you know, saying like it wasn't like I went out my way. Yeah. It's just kind of how the kind of how the cards fell. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I hate being and I hate being like, like looped into like that category of dudes that like exclude black women. Yeah. It's like, fuck, like I, like, like I really, that, like, that wasn't really my intention. I wasn't like at home bitter. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because, <laughs> all, you know, and I also don't have like this, like, and I'm also not like the magical Negro that can get all the white girls, you know? Right, so right, right. So I'm like, not that either. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so it's not like, you know, so it's not like I'm like, I was like playing like, oh, well, this is how I work. So, because if that was the case, I think every nationality in the mm-hmm. world that probably dissed me. Yeah, so, so literally. You know, so like, listen, so, girls that like me, like genuinely fuck with me, and I'm and I'm not conceited. I'm not an ugly dude, but at the same time, like I know my personality. I'm difficult. You know, I'm yeah. I'm a Scorpio, so I mean, we're <laughs> sensitive and crazy people. So I so so for a girl to like, so for a woman to like me, like you, you've made a real choice, a real mm-hmm. decision there. So yeah, I've been like you said, I've been dissed by every nationality i've been liked by every nationality it just that's just how it panned out yeah you know what i'm saying and it was i will say this though which was funny this was more so in college because obviously you know you wear more paraphernalia but being part of black greek so being a kappa Mm -hmm. that was funny because then now you be somewhere and then i got my jacket on or whatever my letters and they're like oh okay and then they see stephanie like Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I've had that too, where people, you know, because it's like, okay, you black, and then oh, and you black Greek, and what? So I've had, I've had that look too. And it's like, mm. it's like again, it's like, what do you? Yeah, and you yeah. still got black kids. You know, I know. Well, they say, yeah, they do it all the same yeah. shit. Yeah. So it's a whole know, different. So. It's a whole whole thing. Yeah, it's it's complicated. You yes, know what I'm saying. Yes. But like, it might, but at the end of the day, like, if that was. If that was was like stopping me from like being like quote unquote like woke, then I was probably I guess I'm not, I guess I'm not woke. Well, I remember Dr. Umar said something about that about yeah. he couldn't he because he was talking about building a school. Yeah, and I saw in the interview he was like he didn't want nobody working there that had any type of homosexual tendencies or anything like that or was homosexual, uh-huh. and then he didn't want if I remember right he. I don't think he wanted anybody that was in any type of interracial relationships. Yeah. And I was like, that's okay. That's a huge population yeah. of people. <laughs> and, and we have a lot of homosexuals in yeah. the black community. And that's a problem. Like you have, that's why you have so many people on the DL. Cause we keep ignoring mm-hmm. that it's real. Like yeah. you keep trying to condemn something. It's real. 
Yeah. Like, stop ignoring. Just let them be gay. <laughs> just let them be them. Yeah. And we'd have a lot less DL situations, closet situations in the spread of AIDS. Like, people like people don't even look at that connection, the rise of AIDS and for black women. Because you got all these dudes on the DL because you make it uncomfortable yeah. for them to just be them. Mm-hmm. Just, just let them be them. Mm. So yeah. now he's forcing himself to live a life that he really can't sustain. Yeah. And then having to satisfy his need somewhere else mm-hmm. and now brings it home. Yeah. Fuck. That's what I'm saying. Change it. Change it. <laughs> doesn't change the viewpoint. Yeah. It, 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 change it. Change the narrative. Shit. Fuck. Well, brother, I appreciate this conversation. Most uh, definitely. Yeah, that was good. Um, I am. Um, I'm glad that I got, a, you know, somebody I know in the field so we can do a lot of work. Yeah. together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, man. Uh, it's going to be the season finale for this hip hop social worker season one. Because I'm about to go on vacation and I'm about to chill for a little bit. I'm about to come back with uh, some new topics, some new discussions. I want to get like a a big discussion with all my people, you know what I'm saying? And uh, really just unpack some things. I've seen a new term that's floating around called black male privilege. Black male privilege? Yeah. I've actually never heard of that. Yeah. And I want to I wanna, I wanna see what's going I need on to, with that one. I might have to. Uh, I need to look into that. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, Paul, thank you. Oh, thank you, bro. And Appreciate this is, it. Uh, like hip hop social worker, um, you can find me on Twitter, H Eight Social Work, Instagram, Hip Hop Social Worker Pod. Um, you can always email me shit, uh, hip hop social worker at gmail dot com, and uh, I'm also on Cash App because Cash App is free for donations. Um, <laughs> also, um, I'm on my my main platform is Anchor. But I'm also on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. All right. One. Peace.